Hey everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony. Buckle up for this Monday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Good. You look good. Thank you. You taste good. Uh, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't, you don't like, you said you don't like when I say you smell good. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe you could just skip the second line. You could just tell me I look good and I can just say thank you and then. We move on. We move on. And do a show. Right. And I don't have a raspy horse voice today. I know because uh, it's not the morning time, but also my brain is not as fresh. So we'll see how this goes. But it's not nighttime, so this could go good. Yeah, I feel like this is the good uh, medium for both of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Disney Parks blog. The world-famous Jungle Cruise is preparing to open in Disneyland. That's right. As we all know, the Jungle Cruise did not open with the uh, rest of the Disneyland Park when they reopened in April. Um, but uh, they are scheduled to open on July 16th, and they have a little behind-the-scenes featurette on the work that the Imagineers did and some of the humor that they added uh, to the attraction in order to make it more culturally inclusive. Awesome. Yeah. Um, do you have any more about the Jungle Cruise? I do. Okay. There's a little <laughs> bit more. Tell me Tell me more. Uh, they have also gone to a soft opening status okay. at uh, Disneyland. So it is supposed to open officially on the 16th, which is next uh, next Friday. Okay. This coming Friday. And they are now open, effective as of July 11th. Okay, cool. So that is good. Uh, there's still a couple modifications that need to be done before the opening date, the official opening date. So they're in soft opening now since the 11th. Right. But does that mean like guests can ride it? And guests can ride it. Okay. They are queuing up, um, but it, they're they're saying the attraction is not complete. Okay. So uh, there's still some retheming that needs to be done in the queue, and uh, there's some uh, pieces that need to be added to the attraction. All right. In California, it, oh no, I'm skipping ahead. Yes. Um, in Disneyland, the Coca-Cola Refreshment Corner has reopened. Yes, that is their version of Casey's. Uh, and they did just reopen uh, as well. And they are serving hot dogs, mac and cheese, and pretzels at the Coca-Cola Refreshment Corner. And their specialty dog that they are selling right now is a foot-long hot dog with crushed corn chips and corn esquite mix. Don't know what that is. Topped with cojita cheese, cayenne pepper powder, and grilled green onion garnish. That mm. sounds like it's going to uh, open your sinuses if you're clogged at all. Maybe. It doesn't sound particularly good. Um, that's exciting for them out in um, Disneyland because we were super excited about Casey's opening. I'm sure they're just as excited about the Coca-Cola Refreshment Corner opening. That's right. In California Adventure, Redwood Creek Challenge Trail reopened this weekend. That's right. Last week we had mentioned that they were uh, the construction walls were down and that they just had little barriers blocking people from entering. Uh, and they have officially opened as of uh, today, which is the 11th. And the uh, Challenge Trail is um, an adventure uh, trail m- more geared for, you know, kids or those seeking adventures. But there's slides and uh, paths and bridges and all sorts of stuff that you can enjoy. Good. Yeah, it sounds like a good thing for um, maybe not toddlers, but like the next step up. Yeah. Probably like that, 50- that like four to four to eight range is probably perfect for. Or, or four to 53-year-old <laughs> men. Um. New Loki props have been added outside Terran Treats in Avengers Campus. That's right. Uh, the Terran Treats, uh, I want to say kiosk, but it's more of a uh, of a cart, um, has prop boxes set up by it. 
And while the boxes have not really changed, the contents of the boxes have, uh, there are some props from the Loki show on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and right now you can see some of Loki's, uh, two of Loki's daggers, uh, which are very, very sharp and menacing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is also a gun from Lamentus One and a train ticket that uh, Loki and Sophie wish they had to uh, board the train in that episode. I see. All right. So, I mean, uh, I think that's pretty cool that a lot of this stuff is, uh, you know, making its way from, you know, from the studios and the stages out to the parks. Right. That is nice. Um, Moving over to Florida, the park hours have been released through September 25th. That's right. Here we go. Magic Kingdom is going to open at 9 a.m. daily. And it will close at 8.30 p.m. on September 19th, 21st, and 24th to accommodate the after-hours boobash. The park will close at 9 p.m. on September 20th, 22nd, 23rd, and 25th. Epcot will open from 11 to 9 uh, daily. Hollywood Studios will open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. Uh, Animal Kingdom will be open 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily. And suddenly Blizzard Beach is now back on the list. And Blizzard Beach will open from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Typhoon Lagoon is still closed, huh? Typhoon Lagoon is still closed. So weird. Pictures I saw of it last week, the wave pool was almost uh, emptied of water. There was rainwater in the wave pool. Um, There's also some scaffolding. I guess they had a small collapse of a section of the hill uh, that goes behind uh, the wave pool where the wave pool generator is. There's a Mm -hmm. path you can walk through there. And I had heard that... A section of that hill collapsed, and there was some scaffolding set up there. Do you have to get a reservation if you're going to Blizzard Beach? Do you know? I don't believe so. It's not a part of the park reservation system. All right. Yeah, so they must not be to capacity. Right. Or else they'd really need to open that second park. Uh, in the Magic Kingdom, in Adventureland, the spitting camels have received an update. That's right. The famous spitting camels. Uh, they used to be gold. Now they have added some blue and uh, silver uh, highlights to them, specifically their little turban that they wear and the blanket that they wear over their humps. Yeah, it looks nice. And then they have some silver, uh, I don't know if the proper term is bracelets on their ankles. Um, and that's right in front of the Aladdin's flying carpets, correct? It is. Okay. Uh, Casey's Junior Splash and Soak Station has reopened. That's right. The, we had previously reported that it, the section was being repainted. Um, and they have been closed since March of two, two, uh, 220, March of 2020 when the park reclosed due to COVID. So uh, this is the first time in, what, 16 months that they have been open. Um, but all of the water features are operational, and uh, that's, uh, that's good if you want your little kids to cool off or your 53-year-old men to cool <laughs> off in the uh, hot summer sun of Florida. Yeah, these are some hot days. Uh, July in Florida is not comfortable. Uh, There are now Society of Explorers and Adventurers references in the Jungle Cruise attraction. That's right. We've mentioned before that there's this theme uh, that goes among the parks uh, with some of the explorers that they have created this Society of Explorers and Adventurers. Um, A lot of it deals with the parks in Japan, um, and they have started drawing that into anybody who explores. So all of the Jungle Cruises, you know, they're the explorers. They're the E in the SEA, which is the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. They've also announced that there's going to be a, an upcoming show on Disney Plus related to the Society of Explorers and oh, Adventurers. No details on that show have yet been released, but, um, you know, it, it sounds like they're almost gearing up with the creation, with the, with the revision of the Jungle Cruise. So all of the 
Safari members now are all members of the SEA. Mm-hmm. Um, and will we be seeing, uh, will we be seeing some of these members from the Jungle Cruise in this new show that's going to be on Disney Plus? Right. So it could kind of be a way that they're tying everything together. It's just taking uh, an incredibly long time. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of different components, right? There's there's the Jungle Cruise. There's Skipper's Canteen in the yep. Magic Kingdom. Yep. There's uh, Trader Sam's. So there's a lot of things that all sort of tie together. And if, yep. if they can, you know, make those all work together, I think that'll be, um, you know, more cohesive. I feel like they can do more with it. Right. And, you know, they've, they've painted some of the boxes. Uh, if you've been to the... Jungle Cruise queue, you know that it's kind of set up in a, in a working, functioning uh, Jungle Cruise office. So there's boxes and stuff that are supposedly being shipped up the jungle. Uh, well, some of those boxes uh, are now noted that they are going to uh, Professor Henry Jones, who you may know as Indiana Jones. So he's going to be a member of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. And they've got some stuff written in Japanese um, because uh, Dr. Ken Chonosuke, who is uh, an entomologist, uh, who is one of the guys being chased up the tree in the revised version of the Jungle Cruise, is also a member of the SEA. So, um, you know, this is kind of getting like a a, 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 just this cohesive like mini Marvel. They're almost creating like this little society of explorers and adventurers universe. Are they tying the movie into any of this? Not that I'm aware. We have not seen I feel like that's a big fail. And I feel like... The way, the direction they seem to be going with this Jungle Cruise movie is all wrong. Yeah. If you want a success like Pirates of the Caribbean, it can't be this like, I don't know, it's kind of like campy, like they're trying to be funny. That sh- You know, there's a little bit of humor in Pirates of the Caribbean, but that's not the main focus. It's more right. it's an adventure thing. Right. We have seen nothing yet related to Skipper Frank or Dr. Emily Houghton. Yeah, I uh, don't think you're going to. Who are I in think, the movies. I think the movie's going to suck. Now, the funny thing is the Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean inspired the movie which then inspired the reimagination of the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. Right. I don't think that the Jungle Cruise movie, which may have been inspired by the Jungle Cruise, is going to lead to them reimagining Jungle Cruise after they've just spent money and time reimagining the Jungle Cruise prior to the movie coming out. No, but yeah, I don't know. I think this Jungle Cruise movie is going to be a fail on a few different levels, including the fact that you're trying to now create this sort of cohesive... Jungle Cruise vibe and pull together these mm-hmm. characters, and now you've got the Jungle Cruise movie, which isn't going to tie in at all. Not really going to work so well. Right. And then the other Jungle Cruise movie in the queue is that the office, uh, all of the props have been stripped out of there. Yeah, that's not related to the movie. That's related right. to the attraction. Yes. Okay. Um, and then this isn't, I don't know, this isn't really news, but we thought it was really, really cute. There's a new dress, so they, they do those. Um, what do they What do they call the specialty dresses? Um, they're like designer inspired by. They're, they're dresses yeah, they're inspired by attractions dresses. and they, movies. Right. They've done um, ones with all like the pets of um, Disney movies. They've done a haunted mansion version. I think they've done one with like snacks all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done the Captain America dress. Mm-hmm. They're very, you know, they're very stylized, um, sort of 50s style dresses. Yes. Um, and this one that just came out is a Casey's Corner dress. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm not a fashionista, <laughs> uh, but I do like the look of this. It, it is essentially a dress version of the Casey's uh, uniform right. or costume, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and it's pinstriped like a baseball uniform. It has a big Casey's logo on it. Um, and then the wide baseball style belt yep. uh, across the middle. And then, you know, it's a frilly dress with pinstriping down below. 
But uh, I, I just thought it was cute, and I mentioned it to Cheryl, and she actually thought that it was part of one of the stories that I wanted to talk about. Uh, so she included it here. And it looks nice next to her lounge fly bag because that's in the photo. Oh, that is. So, that's funny. Uh, what style would you say that is? I have no idea. Okay. I would have to look some things up. Okay. But um, but it's cute. And it's $128 um, if anyone's in the market for a Casey's dress. You may be getting a, a Casey's dress. Yeah, I hope it fits. All right. Um, the Creation Creations Shop is racing towards its opening. That's right. The Creations Shop is the new name of the store in Epcot. Uh, and construction does continue there. Uh, they have started putting up lights. They've started putting up shelving. Uh, the store itself is expected to open uh, this summer. Uh, so there's no real uh, hard, firm date there. Do you think uh, Zach Ridley is going to put out something special about the shelving? Oh, I'm sure Zach Ridley <laughs> will put something special out. Um, th- they've started painting the mural uh, that has been uh, seen in some of the concept art there. And I think one of the uh, most interesting things of this shop is that uh, the fixtures are covered in a dichoric rosin, um, and that dichoric rosin will change color with different lights and angles. Hmm. Okay. We'll see. I don't know exactly know what that means. I think I'm going to have to see it. Well, it's kind of like when you, some of those, the way they paint some of those cars these days, but when you look at it from, like from one side, it's blue, but then as you get closer to yeah. it and change the angle, it's really green. It's iridescent. Okay. Right. Oh, or di- dichromic or whatever this is. <laughs> okay. <but> Dichoric. <laughs> a lot more people know what iridescent means. Okay. Uh, the American Gardens Bandstand lineup has been released. That's right. For the um, uh, the 2021 Epcot International Food and Wine Festival sponsored by Corksicle. Uh, or is it presented by Corksicle? They don't have it here. Um, they have announced that there will be bands playing this year. However, it is not the familiar Eat to the Beat series that we're used to. Uh-huh. Uh, once again, this will be local Central Florida bands performing on Friday through Monday evenings. Um, I could give you the list, but we I don't really is. know any Central no. Florida bands, um, nor nor do our listeners probably. Yeah, I mean, it's a good opportunity for these local bands. That's it you is. Know, good for them. It is. And, you know, we will get Mariachi Cobre, yes. uh, the, the Voices of Liberty, yes. and what's the third band? I don't remember. But yeah, there's the three that are always... Yeah, the, the three standards. Uh, the Jamiters. Right. Okay. Let's move to Hollywood Studios. Uh, looks like the hours have been, have been extended there uh, for August. That's right. Previously, the park was uh, set to close at 8 p.m., having already been extended from their 7 p.m. closing. Well, now, from August 1st through 28th, the park will close at 9 p.m. Okay. So uh, for the month of August, you'll get an extra hour of uh, Hollywood Studios goodness. I'm sure it's needed. Yes. Busy park. Yep. There has been a change to VIP tours in Galaxy's Edge. That's right. If you are taking a VIP tour in Galaxy's Edge, you will no longer be required to get a boarding group to uh, ride Rise of the Resistance. Okay. Uh, You will be able to be escorted right onto the ride. And, um, you know, people... uh, they, they, Disney says that some people may see the appeal in paying to guarantee a ride on this. Mm. Uh, well, just keep in mind that the tours start at $425 per hour, uh, and I believe it is a minimum six-hour tour, but mm-hmm. that's for up to 10 people. So. Right. Well, I mean, if you've got the money and you've only got a day and you have a good group of people, you know, the people like to do that. And, right. And, you know, that's good kind of, I would think, because can you imagine paying all this money and then you don't get a boarding group? Right. <laughs> you 
know, you're in Galaxy's Edge with this expensive tour guide and you can't get on like the big ride. Right. And but you still, uh, you know, that that starts at four hundred and twenty five dollars an hour. Of course, pricing is seasonal, just like tickets and resorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it does go up to seven hundred and fifty dollars per hour during wow. peak seasons. And then uh, you're also required to have both a park ticket and a park reservation for that day. Uh, to go into those parks. Not to mention, and no one ever says this, tips are expected. Yes. So, uh, yeah, gets expensive fast. In resort news, the an, an aerial overview has been released of Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. Also known as an aerial overview. What did I say? Ariel. Oh, well, which is what I... Which so is it's a mermaid I, picture. Which is what I wrote, and so it was really... I, was, I thought we were talking about an aerial story. And uh, we weren't. <laughs> Got you. Ariel. Uh, yeah, I so think they I still say it the same way. Ariel. Ariel. You said uh, it a little different. I put the accent on the wrong yeah. syllable. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, they've released uh, an aerial shot of the Galactic uh, Star Cruiser Hotel. Um, pretty much just to show that this resort is uh, surrounded by trees and berms so that you really, you know, it's not a resort that you're going to go to and sit outside because the whole concept is that you're going to be on a star cruiser. No pool um, necessary. Yeah, so there's no well there's no outside pool. Uh, there will be an indoor pool and all of the windows will just be uh, looking out into space. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a nice little arrival entryway because you're going to take a shuttle from the entryway to the resort. Um, we already know that's a modified bus. Um, and uh, it's just pretty cool to see this resort come along. If you look at the uh, model that they put out of the Galactic Star Cruiser spaceship, uh, it actually follows the footprint of the uh, resort. So is this a real aerial view or is this like a drawn aerial view? This is a real aerial view. We're sure? Yeah. You can tell by all the uh, construction stuff uh, in one corner. They wouldn't put that in a hand-drawn view. Gotcha. Those are real pictures. Okay. All right. Yes. Uh, New patio furniture has arrived at the Polynesian Village Resort. Yay. New patio furniture. Um, it is, uh, if you may recall, the Polynesian Village Resort, which uh, is reopening on the 19th of this month, uh, has recently been rethemed uh, to their rooms to the Moana theme. Well, they have now debuted their patio furniture, which is a very modern three-legged chair uh, and a table. It's pretty boring. It is. <laughs> and small. They're pretty big patios. Yeah, the table could barely fit two drinks and a donut. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if you could. Two drinks would fit, but yeah, it would be tight for anything else, uh, which isn't going to work for me, like eating my breakfast outdoors on my on my balcony or my terrace. Right now, they've also announced that the flat screen TVs have arrived for the, for the resort as well. So Good. I wonder if they will be getting the new uh, I'm sure television uh, layout. That we had that we've experienced at uh, Coronado Springs. Yeah, I, th- I think as they're redoing resorts, they're all getting that. Um, what's next here? A list of Walt Disney World Resort and Disney Springs area resorts that offer easy park entry um, exists now. That's right. Beginning October first, a number of resorts will be getting the early park entry, which will give you access to a uh, every park every day. Uh, I believe it's a half hour prior to opening. Um, which can give you a, a, a leg up on the uh, on the crowds. Uh, so that's going to be available to every Disney resort guest. I'm not going to list right, the resorts yeah, because course. that's 29 of them. Right. However, it is also available to guests who are staying in the Disney Springs area. Okay. So these are partner resorts. 
Uh, and those uh, properties are the Hilton Orlando Bonnet Creek, the Waldorf Astoria Orlando, B Resort and Spa Lake Buena Vista, Double Tree Suites by Hilton Orlando, Hilton Orlando Buena Vista Palace, Hilton Orlando Lake Buena Vista, Holiday Inn Orlando, Wyndham Garden Lake Buena Vista, Wyndham Lake Buena Vista, and the Four Seasons Resort Orlando. So, so that will give you the early mornings. If you are staying in a deluxe or deluxe villa resort, uh, beginning October 1st, you will also get to enjoy extended evening hours on select nights in select parks. Okay. It's interesting that they say um, Disney Springs area resorts because I wouldn't, this is the Waldorf, it's, it's not on that like Hotel Plaza Boulevard area. I don't, I don't know that I would consider that a Disney Springs resort. There's a couple of them on there that aren't on um, Hotel Plaza Boulevard, but I don't know, maybe they're close enough to Disney Springs that they're considered Disney Springs area hotels. Uh, the CDC motion to stay for conditional sale orders has been denied. That's right. Um, so what's going to happen on uh, July 18th is that the CDC conditional sale order is going to transition to a guidance from an, from an order. Um, and that is because Judge Stephen Mary Day, who sounds like he could be a Disney character, <laughs> he does. Um, denied their motion to stay from June 18th. Uh, that would keep cruises from from happening. And in this three-page denial, Judge Mary Day stated that a stay would serve to extend the unwarranted, unprecedented, and injurious exercise of governmental power by one person, the director of the CDC. Yeah. So uh, that sounds like, um, you know, they are going to give the go-ahead to begin cruising out of Florida. Good. Good, good. So when they're giving that, is that does that mean that all these guidelines, as far as like you have to hit like the forty eight, um, I don't know how many it was, um, the seventy four part, uh, yeah, whatever they call them, the like checklist of all yes. the things you had to have. Does that the, mean they don't have to have that? Well, that's part of what the test cruise is for. So the test cruise is to go through and test all the new CDC protocols, mm-hmm. and I believe the protocols are still going to be in place. Um, but what this does is this keeps the CDC from saying you cannot sail. Mm-hmm. But they can still say you cannot sail unless you meet these 78. You still need to meet the 78 uh, points of guidance. But is that even guidance. fair? What if they just put points of guidance on there that are just like ridiculous and you can't meet them? Then they're essentially just saying Well, you because can't they're, they're not ridiculous because they were uh, put together in conjunction with the actual cruise line industry. Okay. So the CDC did not just come down heavy handed and say you have to do steps one through 74. Right. They worked with the members of the Cruise Line International Association. Um, and most cruise lines are a member of that. So everybody had representation there. And, um, you know, that only applies to cruise lines that cannot guarantee, uh, a certain percentage of vaccinations for their guests. Um, and I believe, I think it's 98% for, uh, passengers and 95% for crew. Mm -hmm. Uh, and those numbers might be switched around a bit. Um, and, and Disney definitely falls outside of that because of the fact that Disney is a family cruise line. Right. And we already know that anybody under the age of 12, there's no vaccine for them. Right. So they definitely fall under uh, a different set of guidance where they need to go through all 74 steps. So how is this going to change anything for actual sailing? Um, it will. So the, the actual order was supposed to expire at the end of October. Okay. Uh, so this will allow them to go back to sea as of uh, July, what would I say, July 18th, July 16th? July. I mean, so even if you had hit all of the requirements, you weren't allowed to go back to sea yet? Correct. Okay. 
All right. I thought that was the whole point. Like, here's all the things you have to hit, and then you go back. Right. All right. Um, in entertainment news, Black Widows has is now the largest box office um, has the largest box office revenue since the start of the pandemic. Which is almost like the old phrase. It's like being the world's tallest midget. You know kind that. Of, I mean, like, what else came out? Um, what did we go see in the theater? Disney movie. What was the last one? Um, Cruella. Right. And we loved Cruella. And right. I thought it would have done fantastic. But and it there was didn't. that other dumb movie that Fast and Furious it out. or something. Yeah, or something like that. So, I mean, it's not saying nothing that this is the top right. earner right now. Right. I would like to uh, take a minute and, and just apologize to any midgets I might have offended or little people uh, yes. with that statement. Um, but uh, Black Widow, even though the box office numbers aren't in, Disney is claiming this as a $215 million weekend uh, for Black Widow. Um, they are saying, based on the breakdown, that it was uh, $60 million on Disney+. Plus. Um, it, I'm trying to look at the international box office as well. Uh, $80 million at the domestic box office and $78 million in the international box office. Yeah, good. So uh, this is a big weekend. Um, I'm a little surprised that they're giving out the uh, Disney Plus Premier Access numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sixty million, you know, at thirty bucks a pop, that's that's a good number of households that right. would have paid for this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and and we saw it this weekend. Did we give? We didn't give our. We did we give did. our review yeah, on we Friday. Yeah, we did, and and we did mention that there were quite a few people in the theater. So you know that carries forward to the revenue. Mm-hmm. All right. Are there more Black Widow stories? I think there are. Uh, no, that was it. I oh. just had a, a conglomeration of stories. You know, one review said it was. Uh, uh, better than expected. Um, one story was about $60 million on Disney+. Plus. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, kudos to Black Widow. Yay. Universal News. <laughs> Neither one of these is really news. All right. Um, there is a new tater tot offering at Seuss Landing. That's right. Much like the Casey's dress. This is not really a news story, but I had to include it because of the ridiculousness. Um, if you go to eat at Green Eggs and Ham which okay. is a great little restaurant inside of Seuss Landing mm-hmm. um, that is actually shaped like a green ham. Cool. Uh, and we've eaten there before. Uh, when you go in there, you can order pizza tots. Okay. Uh, they have a, they actually have five different version, four different versions of tots you can order. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the pizza tots are the most ridiculous. Um, they are uh, tater tots. Yep. With sauce over them. Okay. Along with pepperoni, sausage, and mozzarella. Okay. They cost uh, $10. What? That doesn't sound bad. Why is that ridiculous? Uh, because when you look at it, it just, it, it, it could it look any less appealing? I, I mean, I would eat that. You would I eat would that? I would 100% eat that. All right. I think it looks pretty good. I mean, I would give it a shot. I mean, I like want to make that at home. That sounds good. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, then while we're discussing it, let's talk about their other tater tots they serve there. Okay. Uh, they also serve green eggs and ham tater tots. Is there eggs on it? Uh, green eggs, diced ham, and white cheese sauce over tater tots. I'm not a huge fan of the ham. Okay. But I could do eggs on tater tots. They have their buffalo chicken tater tots, which are chicken, chicken tenders, mozzarella cheese, ranch, and buffalo sauce over tater tots. Mm, so, I, don't want, I don't want chicken tenders on them. Yeah, because then I'm not sure if it's a tender or a tot. Yeah. And, and I bite into it thinking it's a tender and it's a different there, consistency. Well, there's too much going on. You've got to, like, cut it, basically. Okay. Whereas, like, the pizza one, everything's small and you're just... You know, one tot at a time has, you know, stuff on it. All right. And then the last one is the brisket Philly tot, which is uh, shaved brisket, onions, peppers, and white cheese sauce over tater tots. Yeah, I'd eat that. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. And uh, you should always remember to keep your brisket shaved. 
Okay, good. Yeah. Um, you have a. We're going to roll right into a sad pigeon story. That's right. Recently on I ninety five, seventy pigeons uh, fell off of a truck in a crate. Uh, and they were on the road, and they were injured. Why would you have pigeons in a crate? They were being transported. Why, though? What do you use pigeons for? Uh, messenger pigeons, the pigeons that fly from the rooftops. <laughs> Come on. I don't know. So the Volusia Animal Control, Flyway, Florida Highway Patrol, and the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission uh, teamed up to round up as many of these birds as they could. Uh, the birds were young, and uh, they're actually rehabbing them because a lot of them were injured. And Universal has stepped up to say that uh, when the birds are done healing, they will take care for them and they will train them to be part of a new flight show in the park. Pigeons? Pigeons. Well, have you ever seen the, the racing pigeons that they race on the rooftops in New York City and, no. and all that stuff? Never? No, racing oh, okay. pigeons? Yeah, racing pigeons is I mean, a good I know thing. carrier pigeons. No, racing pigeons. Okay. All right. Big deal. Um, and then our last story, uh, it's Shark Week. So what are they doing in Central Florida to celebrate? That's right. Well, it is Shark Week on the Discovery Channel. Um, and, uh, you know, that's eight days of uh, sharp tooth goodness. And there are several ways in Central Florida that you can experience sharks. Uh, the first one is SeaWorld Orlando, where they have an underwater viewing tunnel, where you can catch uh, unique viewing angles of sand tiger sharks, epaulette sharks, white spotted bamboo sharks, and more. They have also added their Sharks Up Close tour to that. Um, over at the seas with Nemo and friends at Walt Disney World, their 5.7 million gallon shark and ray habitat consists of sharks, uh, tiger sharks, black-nosed sharks, and more. And then, of course, they have Bruce's Shark World uh, that you can visit. Over at Sea Life Orlando Aquarium that we spoke about on Friday's show, they also offer the chance to view black tip reef sharks, nerf sharks, bamboo sharks, epaulette sharks, coral cat sharks, and a zebra cat shark. Over at the Florida Gulf Coast, you can go to the Florida Aquarium uh, and check out their sharks. Uh, and also the Clearwater Marine Aquarium uh, has a number of sharks. And then if you're uh, bold, I don't know that you would do this, but at Discovery Cove, for a $149 upgrade, you can participate in a shark talk and training session before you swim freely with 20 black tip reef nurse, zebra, and bonnethead sharks. All right. Uh, and then, of course, they list a whole bunch of diving charters in Florida that will take you out to sea sharks. Um, I would not necessarily want to do that. Um, and that's uh, that's about it. It's a, a fun way to uh, celebrate Shark Week. And across the country, Sonic Drive-In will be celebrating with the Shark Week Slush, which is a blue coconut shot, blue coconut slush, strawberries, and shark gummies. That will actually be available through August 1st. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's it. So we, right. is that our final story? I think so, yeah. All right. So until Wednesday, I'm Tony. And I'm Cheryl. And you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time Podcast. Ah!